Hey, hey, welcome to episode 104 of Bonus Barrel. I am Rob, with me today is... Seiji. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's Left it. Is is somewhere and they'll be as busy so it's just us two that's okay you know people need to uh, recuperate after the last four episodes that we've been doing after all the insanity of top 100ing well now we're done it's back to regular episodes how do you feel about that Seiji? i feel good i feel good also a little bit empty but it was it was a lot of work right it was but it was a lot of fun i loved all the feedback that we got and, yeah, peep. and also, I, I want to take the opportunity, because I usually don't do this, but to thank mm-hmm. all the community. I've been a little bit more active in yeah, social you have. media. Been and, great. you know, interacting with some of the people that, that have uh, left some comment and feedback, and it's been really great. It's what we wanted, right? We wanted to have some minimal interaction, and we've, we've gotten more than I expected we would have. And So once again, like every episode, I gotta thank the CC community, because... It's a lot, largely them, but it's pretty great. Yeah. And speaking of that, um, I got to plug, of course, the Parappa the Rapper episode that I was on uh, last week. I heard it. With it was. Oh, did you listen to it? I listened to it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Did you like it? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it was very, really cool. Very detailed, man. It's not on. Not at all like what we do when we damage, right? Right. Like, it's like a full-on discussion for an hour or two. Yeah, you went through like. The whole game. It seems like it, yeah. it wasn't a, whole, a long game, so you, you, you no, it's short. You were be able to. I mean, you you were able to do that, but yeah, I was surprised with the amount of detail. Like you went through every level and you discussed like minutia about, you know, everything. It was really interesting. It was, fun. It was like it, five it, people too, right? Yeah. So it was me, P one, P two, uh, uh, D Deech, what's the teach thirteen? I think. Uh, Shit, I can't remember this title. And then Kyle Bossman, which, you know, me, me, P1 and P2 at the very least, we're all kind of geeking out to talk with him because, you know, we loved game trailers and, and we still, you know, there's the um, Easy Allies podcast. They're, they're quite big and he's on that. And he's and actually this wasn't on, but Megan is a huge fan of him, too. And before the episode, she managed to say hello. And it was like kind of adorable because she was super shy and that's not usually like her. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> but uh yeah he's a he's a really cool guy and and he, he was on the vga pre-shows and stuff a bit it was pretty funny um which i guess we could talk about later but yeah it was great it was a, it was a fun episode and i absolutely recommend it next month we're doing pokemon which i really wish i was a part of they're doing pokemon blue red and yellow um but i probably would say i wish i was a part of every one of them because every game is awesome so you know that's yeah i'm pretty excited to listen to that episode it should be good cool pokemon red and blue is so good yeah man Let's do news and other stuff. We haven't done news in a while. Or other stuff. Rumor, Marvel vs. Capcom 4 coming in 2017. That's cool. That's kind of, that is cool. Now, here's a weird thing. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Uh, and this is actually not a weird thing. It's actually completely within their, their current way of things being run. But uh, there is talk of that it will be heavily feature characters from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and kind of like ditching some of the X-Men mainstays of the series like Wolverine and Magneto. Uh, rumors instead, characters like Ant-Man and, Go- and Groot would more likely be considered for a roster of fighters. So, I mean, I'm, I'm half happy about that because I like a lot of the characters, but at the same time, I'm not a huge X-Men fan, but I, I don't like to see them be dis- diminished, or at least not overtly diminished, but, you know, there's there's this fan theory that the X-Men are getting the shaft in Marvel because the Marvel doesn't have the rights to the uh, movies. 
So people think, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but people think that the X-Men and Fantastic Four were kind of getting pushed back more and more. But there's a lot of X-Men comics, so I don't know why they think that. But yeah, there's there's rumors about that. And I don't know, but Marvel vs. Capcom 4 seems cool to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, uh, that thing about the X-Men, because, I mean, the first game in the series, it was X-Men vs. Street Fighter, I think. Yeah. That was the yep. first game. So, and then Marvel vs. Capcom. I mean, one, one of the most popular fighters has always been Wolverine. And... There's no way they're cut Wolverine. I mean, I could see the diminishing X-Men characters not having as many, but to not have Wolverine that or and Magneto, two of the most popular characters, it seems surprising, to say the least. But I'll be interested to see. Here's here's something I would like. I'd like them to go back to the 2D style for Marvel vs. Capcom. Wait, wait, The last wait. one. So, there's Marvel vs. Capcom. I don't remember that one. I remember the second one. That was yep. 2D. So, there was a yep. third one, and that one's, that one 3D. was 3D? Yeah, it's pretty game too, and it's it, I have I got it when it came out the first one, but I, I don't follow fighting games as much, so I didn't play any of the reiterations of them. But um, yeah, full 3D, uh, kind of a comic bookish style. It looks good, but I, I like 2D more, so I, I'd like to see. I'd be cool to see them do like an HD uh, 2D version of the game. I think. Let me take a look at some images here, because I, I okay I wasn't acquainted with Marvel vs. Capcom three. You oh no! No! Oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it it looks fine. It's not technically bad. It's just I prefer the old style way more. Yeah, I mean, no, it's not bad. It's just this particular series has a very distinct uh, flavor to it. Yeah, so I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, it looks yeah. interesting, but it loses a little bit of charm. They're trying to do a little bit what they've been doing with what is it? Street Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people like the new Street Fighter. I think the ink look for Street Fighter is pretty cool. Well, Phoenix Wright is there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't think he was there when I played the game. Actually, I probably would have liked it more if I had, if if I had played Phoenix Wright prior to that, which I didn't, of course, because I didn't play the Phoenix Wright till like uh, this year. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's I'm interested in the fourth one. What'll happen? My prediction is I'll buy it, play it for a couple of days, like it, and then like realize that I can't beat anybody else because I'm terrible at fighting games, and then not play it anymore. That's my prediction. I mean, 3D is fine. It's it's become the standard now. Now 2D stuff is yeah. it's becoming rarer and rarer. I don't know if, if they'll ever be able to replicate uh, the charm of 2D and 3D. They're getting closer uh, every year, but there's just something, man, about the hand-drawn 2D sprite art that it's so charming to me. Maybe it's because I, I grew up with it. I mean, I like that too. There is definitely some 3D styles that really pull off charm and atmosphere that you can't do in 2D and vice versa. Oh yeah. Uh, this this, however, this style from Marvel vs. Capcom is not one of those styles. I'm thinking more of the things along the line Pixar and Disney and and games that emulate those styles. I mean, that's a different type of charm and and depth that you don't get in 2D. But then again, you have 2D animated films for another Disney example, and that stuff you can't replicate in 3D very well. So you, the both both can be really great, and sometimes both can be extremely generic. And I, I know I like Marvel vs. Capcom 3, but it's a little generic looking in terms of style. I think. Another piece of news, Meloetta, Melada, Jesus, Pokemon distribution event in North America for Pokemon XY, Omega Ruby, and Sapphire. You can get another free legendary. I think it's the last one because they've been doing one every month this year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Melada, I don't know how to say her name. Anyways, she's she's the last one. So if you want that, you might want to hop on it, get it so that when the Pokebank becomes available, you can pop it over. Yeah, so this is not directly to Sun and Moon? No, unfortunately. Okay. And, oh yeah, so P1 noticed some some Zelda stuff was shown on the Wii U and not the Switch. What do you think about that? The only 
thing that you could assume was shown about Breath of the Wild on the Switch was in the in the trailer. Right. But every everything else has been on the Wii U. I think it's consistent. I'm not uh, concerned too, about it too much, but uh, it, it's, I guess it's something worth noting at the very least. Like the Switch version is, you you would think is going to look better than the the Wii U version, so maybe something you'd want to showcase. But who can say? I don't know much about the Switch. We don't know everything. Did they, did they ever officially release specs for this thing yet? No, no. Yeah, no. so we don't know anything about it. So we don't know. It could be two Wii U's strapped together in terms of power, for all I know. But no. um, and and also they 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 haven't really shown people playing the thing like in the trailer yeah as far as i know those things were props they need to switch expectations and show us that it's good right yeah and Uh, and (laughs) you know i'm i'm fine with the wii u that's probably the version that i'll play first if this thing comes in march i don't know if i'm gonna buy one but i'm still gonna buy the the wii u version oh you mean the the nx you mean you don't know if you're gonna buy day one i i I, I I still don't know now january 12th they're going to have that Switch event. Presentation, yeah. And they've promised they're going to show the catalog, bunch of games. That might change my mind. Maybe they'll wow us with so many cool games. Yeah. There's a lot Basically, of rumors also that Zelda might not be a release date. Yeah, delayed till like later 2017. Man, <laughs> every time they delay that game, it's just one more slap in the face to old Sage's prediction in 2015. Zelda must come out this year. And it just keeps getting pushed back further. Maybe Reggie's listening to us. He's not too happy with your being down on Amiibos and the Wii U lately. I don't know, man. I see Amiibos now and I'm like, ah, that's that's, that's 20 bucks almost. I don't know if I really want to buy that. There's a two-pack of Link and Zelda from yeah. Wind, in, in Wind Waker mode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it was like 40 bucks. I don't know, but they were really good looking yeah yeah they they absolutely are i, I kind of I, I know exactly what you mean I, I really want them now but now you know that we're talking about them like damn i kind of want am- amiibos again yeah, oh they're already sold out for a lot of them online <laughs> damn it i'm <laughs> okay. not so, they'll that's be back that's they'll good. be back just, just just hold out cg we're going to talk about the vgas in its own sections but a few news from it shovel knight trailer specter of torment prequel i don't know if it's dlc or in a standalone game actually but it's uh prequel for Shovel Knight and Shovel Knight's amazing and it's DLC Plague and Shadows is amazing I'm going to assume Vector of Torment will also be amazing from the footage that I saw it looks really very interesting new yeah. set of mechanics the characters yep. it has this like weapon or tool that he can swing around and right like that that's really interesting really good Castlevania whip Shovel Knight it's good. I I hope they stop soon because I don't want to get burned on Shovel Knight, you know? Right, right. But they're using the same engine, so it looks very, very similar. So, yep. I don't know, maybe a- three sequel. I mean, three games or something like that, that's okay. But after that, then I think it's going to be too much. They should do something else. I mean, at the very least, they're, they're spaced out quite, quite a bit. They're not like coming up multiple times a year. It's usually like once every year or a year and a half, it seems. Another game, uh, I know you're not going to much to say about this, and I don't either because I'm kind of in the same boat as you, but there's Dauntless from a new developer, which is always cool, and a new game, a new IP is always cool, but of course it's just a, a trailer, like a cinematic trailer with no gameplay, so it's hard mm-hmm. to discuss like the excitement of it. Uh, I like the art style. Ed Head Charm, like we were talking about earlier, Charm in 3D, uh, that was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, kind, of, kind of a uh, Western Disney style art to it, which is yeah. always fun. I got uh, from it that was kind of like Monster Hunter, right? 
You look that way, right? And it was a it's a free to play PC game. They said um, yeah, so. Yeah, probably probably a Monster Hunter ish game. I mean, until we see gameplay, it's hard to really give any any like positive or negatives to it. One thing we can really talk about is the presentation of the cinematic, and it looked pretty cool. But it didn't look nothing special in terms of it didn't suggest anything special in terms of gameplay or anything. It just had a cool art style, mm-hmm. which as an artist I like that. But I mean, as a gamer, it's hard to get too pumped for it. So hopefully, we see more about that soon. Yeah. And another thing, Walking Dead coming. Walking Dead season three, I think is out this month with two episodes back to back. Oh, that is so. I love the Walking Dead series so much. It's I gotta definitely play one that. of my favorite. I yeah. really, I really think you do. I mean, you got to keep in mind, though, the gameplay is almost exactly like a visual novel in terms of interactivity and life is strange in a way. You are playing scene through scene of story and making decisions. I mean, there's some navigating and some looking around and, and, and it's, a, it's a point. It's like a point and click game, really. You're, you're looking at shit and, and making decisions, but but there's not a lot of gameplay outside of that. So I don't want you to be disappointed in advance, but I, I do think you should try it because or at least a telltale game. Because they're really fun to play. Yep. I have a I have a section to introduce. Alright, you ready for this, AG? Yep. Rob's clickbait section. Five reasons why you should play Final Fantasy 15. Alright. Number five. The game is beautiful. I'm telling you, man, you don't expect Final Fantasy or any game to look as pretty as this, but the atmosphere is awesome. The world is big and lots to see. It's great. Number four. It's like Skyrim meets Final Fantasy. If you look at the map of Final Fantasy 15, it looks a lot like Skyrim. Lots of icons everywhere, and fast travel just like Skyrim, and even running around feels a lot like it. But don't worry, you're in third person, so it's not as scary as a first person RPG. Number three, the creature and dungeon design is awesome and atmospheric. I'm telling you, I was exploring a dungeon last night, and I saw a monster in the shadows, and I didn't know what it was, and I was running forward to it. It was actually a level 50 monster, and I was only level 10. I was so scared, so I ran away. Number two, the combat system is actually a blast. Man, you didn't know it from looking at the demos and stuff, but actually, playing the game is quite fun. The combat is intuitive, and you can teleport and stuff. It's super cool. Number one. The music! Get in the car and take a listen! You get to drive around in your own car called the Regalia and you can listen to different Final Fantasy soundtracks in the car. It's great just sitting in the car and listening to music sometimes. So awesome! And that's my clickbait corner. But is that all your honest It's, it's all true. Yeah, it's, the game is great. I wanted to present it like uh, one of those trashy websites that put in just shitty top five reasons why you should blah blah blah. But uh, those are all actually true. The game is all beautiful, and it's, it is like Skyrim meets FF, and it is it's, it's a great game. But I wanted to present it in a douchebag kind of way. When was it was, released? Uh, last week, I want to say Tuesday. No, wait, last week is this week. Tuesday, I think this week. Okay. Yeah, and? yeah, I get the. It's great. I love it. I'm oh, having right. it's. It's enough. It's, it was powerful enough to pull me away from Pokemon, which I also love. And I mean, still playing Pokemon. Don't get me wrong, but my time on it has diminished greatly and yeah. that probably will it will affect my end game playing for a while but yeah man 15 is great so the last one in the series 14 what was it was it mmo, MMO. Or? i never i never played it was it an well, yeah it was, it was an mmo, an MMO. Okay. Yeah, so left played it which one was the last one like proper 13 um, would be the last named series that, game that was when uh 2009 or 10 
Oh, mana. So, so okay, okay, okay. Yeah. See. And then there is 13.2 and 13.3, which are spinoff games. Mm-hmm. That kind of... 13.2 uh, and 13.3. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so basically, starting with Final Fantasy X back in 2003 or four, they did the first ever direct sequel to a Final Fantasy. It was yeah, Final Fantasy X-2 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 which I, I really enjoyed. And um, 13.2 was very similar in a way to 10.2, actually, uh, in that the gameplay I found was better than the the first part of it, 13, but the uh, story I, I liked more in 13. So it's it's one of those. I never played 13.3. I had it still in the shrink wrap and the guy that I bought when it came out, and I just haven't never got around to it. For some reason, I just never I didn't get too excited to play that one, and I just never I never played it. I, it's a game I'm going to have to play someday, but I just haven't. I haven't plugged it. Haven't plugged it in at all. Mm-hmm. But it's it's there. But yeah, no man. Final Fantasy 15 is. Re- I'm, I'm about ten hours into the game. It's really taking my time. Uh, I find that I found a few dungeons on the map and stuff, and that they the ones I went to do feel quite different. Actually, the reason that my number three in my my uh, clickbait list was the creature and dungeon design is awesome. And one really little fun game story is that Megan and I were playing last night, and I found this, this these old mines. And it's kind of cool because the mines and everything in Final Fantasy XV is, is a more of like a future modern setting. Like, it's not so sci-fi that it's weird, but more like, but more futuristic in what we have, but with magic and shit. So it's kind of like you still see cement buildings and stuff. Anyways, this old mine is not so much the old kind of mine that you might think of in a fantasy game, but more mines that you might think of in modern stuff. So there's like giant fans and stuff in there and there's some tracks and stuff. It's really cool. So a few fun things in this little dungeon that, that happened is, oh, and this is the first Final Fantasy where I've had, where I ever had jump scares and they actually startled me. I've never been startled in a Final Fantasy game before. So that was a new experience for me. But um, two things in this dungeon. So I'm, I, you go down really far underground, which is already creeps me out a little bit, but that's, that's a personal thing. But um, I'm running, I'm going down these tracks and there's these few empty minecarts. Well, first of all, as soon as you walk in, a minecart is pushed at you with nothing in it and you don't even know what's going on. This minecart just comes down barely down the path and you have to get out of the way or it hits you. So I'm like, okay, well, something's pushing fucking carts at us, whatever. So eventually I get to the point where I'm passing about three carts and then at the third one, it's all calm. This fucking goblin just materializes out of it. It just jumps at you. It's just one goblin by itself. It's really easy to kill, but just pops it out of nowhere for no other reason just to, to scare you. And like, it just jumps out and there's like a little bit of a, of a music sting from the battle music. And then that's it because he dies so fast. Uh, and I actually like, I was startled. I did not expect that to happen. So that's fine. Whatever. Okay, cool. The goblins are a few levels lower than me. I'm doing pretty good. And I get down to this area and it's this giant bridge. And I see across the bridge, like say 200 feet. There's a creature in shadow, and it looked like something from a horror movie. Like you could just, just see the silhouette of this, of this, of this monster, and it's a humanoid. Looks about eight or nine feet tall. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. I wonder what this is. And there's a couple goblins in a way. No problem. I kill them. And as I get closer to it, the thing comes closer and closer, and then it, it disappears and materializes in front of you. And it's a level fifty monster. And keep in mind, I'm level ten, and it just crushes me. And like, and it was terrifying. And it just, and I was just like, oh God, what is it? And it just, it killed me really quickly, of course. And I was like, holy shit, I, I did not see that coming. And I love when games do that. I love when games give you a slight warning. Because there was a warning, there's a very powerful creature in the dungeon. And actually, I looked at the quest later that the dungeon gave you, and it, it was a level 50 quest. I did not notice it. And it was, a, it was a, not a story-based map. It was a dungeon I found on my own. And I just love when, they, when, a, when a game will put these powerful monsters that you need to avoid, that you actually need to fear for a while. And it also makes it more satisfying when you can beat it later. But when um, games like, I think uh, Xenoblade Chronicles did it as well, where you would have these, these high-level monsters running around. You had to get the hell out of the way, or it was going to kill you. Uh, and I really like that. I know I talked for a while, but th- that was my experience with that dungeon. Cool. All right, so, <laughs> so recommend it. 
mm-hmm. so far. Absolutely. And uh, it seems like it's doing pretty well um, critically, which is pretty great. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. You know what else is doing well critically? Pokemon Sun and Moon. Pokemon Sun and Moon, man. A game you've also played so we can both equally talk about. Yeah. I'm like 36 hours in. I have more hours than you, and I still haven't beat the game. That's hilarious. I have 45 I, I, hours. <laughs> I don't feel like beat the game. I saw the, I saw the credits, but to me, they just happened. The, I, I guess the main story in a Pokemon game is to get to be the champion, right? To, yeah, to win at that's the, Pokemon the main League. story. The, the, what's called the, yeah, the main story of the game is up to the Elite Four when you get credits, and then you have post-game stuff. Yeah. And depending on what kind of gamer you are, that post-game stuff could last many, many, many more hours longer than the main story. Oh yeah, decide. for sure, man. Like that that thing about the ultra beasts, you know, yeah. how Ether Foundation and the the wormholes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean that happens post uh, the credit scene. I mean, in my experience, yeah. I want to. Uh, we were, so we're going to do an episode on this probably in a couple of weeks when when Lef and Shelby have had our first of all here and probably had a chance to play it a little longer. But uh, we'll we'll talk a little, our impressions about it a little bit. But um, maybe moderate spoilers now, but definitely a lot of spoilers that episode. There's a point in time where. Can you give you a second? If you're really concerned, skip ahead like a minute. All right. There's a part in the game where you are in an alternate dimension, and it was really cool, and it creeped me out because I felt so isolated and separated, and, and the, the place was quite alien. And first of all, <laughs> Lusamine is my favorite Pokemon villain ever. Um, I think she's great. Anyways, the fact that she turns into like a morphed Pokemon monster was weird. I thought you'd fight her, but you don't actually directly fight her. You just fight her Pokemon, even though she has merged with this like Ultra Beast with Nihilego. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. I like the the characters in this in this story because nobody's really yep. bad. Nobody's evil. You know, they had their motivations. And in the end, everything kind of settles down. You didn't beat an evil force in the game, so that, that, yeah, that part was interesting. I love uh, Steam, uh, Team Skull. I think that they are hilarious. They're they're just a bunch of like losers <laughs> hanging out together, and they're not even like like you said they're not even overtly evil. They're just kind of like I don't know misguided youths who are kind of who are I don't know aren't doing anything with their lives and they're just hanging out like they take over that little town and, and stuff like that. Man, I don't want to go too far on it because I want to wait till the rest are here. But there's another there's another thing about the game that I thought was really cool. Oh no, not as cool. Fan theory people are people are quite unhappy with how as a uh, rival character and they. They either see that either they think that the character that you are the rival, uh, and that How is the main character, or that Gladion is the rival, uh, which, and also some people think for the Professor Kukui is also the rival. So you know, there's there's some some arguments online about it, which I find kind of amusing to listen to. Yeah, this game was kind of um, ambitious with with the character roles. Yeah, you are the, the the main character, yes, and but there's no rival per se. This guy's like your friend. Yeah, rather. he's your buddy. Yeah, he's your buddy, and there's <laughs> this friendly competition between them. But there's it's not like uh, red and blue in the first game. Right, or... smell you later. It's it's interesting. It's different. Uh, some of, some of the things that I didn't like about this game is all the hand holding is is it's just too much, man. And it continues after after the credit scene. Like there's like scripted events you know what i mean it's like oh cool go here this happens now go there that happens then we'll go there that happens that makes me uh, happy i know you don't like like that but i like uh narrative and stuff like that something at work a, a co-worker of mine um he was a big complaint he had with the game was that lily is basically the main character it's her story and he, first of all he didn't like lily and secondly he said that he wanted to feel like the main character 
and uh, you don't feel like the main character in this game. And Pokemon rarely ever has a story, so it's easy to feel like you're the main character. But when there's actual narrative going on and you have a mute, like a, like a silent protagonist, it's hard to really get them involved. So you need another character to actually... You can't have growth and development when your character has no personality. So they use another character to do the growth and development with to keep the narrative so strong. So Lily is that character in this game, and because of that, he's right that you don't feel like a character, like feel like a main character. But that's that's the curse of silent protagonists, which I think we should do a topic on someday, because uh, I hate them usually. No, silent protagonist is good as long as you, the player, are feeling the growth in the game and you're getting better at it, and you get more invested. And then as the game, I mean, some handholding is is good at the beginning of the game. But mm -hmm. uh, as the story and the game progresses, the motivation of the player should be more self-driven rather than go to this place, you get there, there's a cutscene, there's some dialogue, and then on to the next thing. And in that sense, the silent protagonist, yeah, it, it's meaningless because you're just a vehicle for the story to to progress, not for you to progress in the game. So that's that's what I don't like. That being said, it's Pokemon. So in Pokemon, there are some, some definite character development in the sense of you getting stronger to get to yeah, be the champion. But the the story is just too rigid in the way it happens in because of how how it happens mechanically. So that part is debatable, but the story I, I like the story. It's just that the steps in the story are too yeah. blatant. The, the thing that bothers me the most about Pokemon Sun and Moon mm -hmm. and, and I do think it's a good game and I do recommend this game. So me complaining about it is more like uh nitpicks. This one is not a nitpick, but it's something that I would rather have it better, which is the difficulty level. Oh, God, it's so easy. So easy. It's just so easy, man. But <laughs> the thing is that it's not consistently easy. You know, it's it's very, very easy, like one hit KO everything up to like right, right at the end. And then it, you go from one hit KOing everything to, I think, the battle against uh, the Fort Kahuna. Oh, Hapu? Uh, I think it's uh... Hapu, right? Yeah, is the fight is the fighting type one? No, she's the ground type one. Oh, 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 okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I I didn't and, have an issue and, with her, but it then gets hard, and then the Pokemon League is like super hard, and then <laughs> after the credit scene, uh, but I I never lost the battle, right? It it was like yeah. hard because my Pokemon were fainting now, and I was right. like feeling it, like oh, okay, cool. The uh, the trainers are actually like changing Pokemon, right? Because they never do. They yeah, this whole game to... is almost everyone is one Pokemon only, which is really lame. Yeah, uh, and then after after the credit scene, I lost my first battle like immediately, like huh. uh, because they introduced the, those mega evolution thing. Evolution oh, mega evolutions X, are from, in the game from X Y. Oh, sweet! I didn't know they were in the game. Awesome! I was worried that they were taken out entirely. Oh no no no! They're they're they're, they're like uh, that's good. Uh, this is not really a spoiler because this is just uh, the game catching up with all these mechanics. Perfect. That's that's good. Then oh, I have a story about <laughs> how I ended up with both Pokemon Sun and Moon. <laughs> oh, you, I didn't know you had both. Yeah, I know. So initially, I think it was during your show that you said you were gonna get Sun. So I said, okay, yeah. I'm gonna get Moon. So I pre-ordered my my oh right my Moon copy. Yeah, and I have Amazon Prime, so I was expecting game on the day it released, which was a Friday. I'm waiting like all morning, and the package didn't arrive. And I was desperate because I wanted to play Pokemon, you know, on that weekend, which yeah, was like course. two weekends ago, right? Right. The weekend. You want to play it on the weekend. It makes sense. Yeah. But they didn't deliver. So I was very disappointed. So 
my wife and I were taking a stroll in town, and we we went to to a Best Buy, and I just said, you know, I'm gonna get the game, and I'm gonna cancel my Amazon order. You know, I, I was gonna get Moon in the store, and then cancel the Amazon order. You know, right. made sense. Yeah. But my wife was like, no, 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 no. Just which one did you order? A Moon. I'll get the other one. What? Yeah, so you can get both. But wh- why would I want both? It's, it's, <laughs> it's the same game. So I explained to my wife, like, Pokemon Sun and Moon are basically the same game. It's just you get different Pokemons. So I'm just going to get the one, and I'm going to cancel the other one. And then she applied a very old technique about, what if I want to play Pokemon? And I was like, what? Because that's something that, that in my mind wasn't a possibility. But she said, what if I, I play Pokemon? So I ended up getting some... Uh... I ended up getting Sun, and now I have Sun and Moon. <laughs> moon? <laughs> the... I, I don't even know what Moon is. It's probably still in the package, but because I've been playing uh, Sun. And yeah, that's the story about how I got uh, Sun and Moon. And that's the story about how that's the only thing that I've been playing for the last two weeks. <laughs> that's great, though, man, because you're, you're saying that some, it's really hard for you to, to get into games for an, a significant period of time. and. And you've been playing Pokemon for a significant period of time, so that's pretty awesome. The thing is that I see games as something that I want to get good at, you know? So Yeah, and there's lots of room for Pokemon to do that. So it's hard for me to get into the game. But once I get into the game, and and I notice, like, when I was, like, 10 hours in, I was like, okay, so I think I'm hooked. And now what I'm doing in Pokemon is that I am hunting for stuff to get my team better, so... Last evening, I spent uh, quite some time trying to get a, the pre-evolution of Lantern, which I don't know how Ooh. to pronounce exactly. Chinchu? Chen. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, Chinchu. I don't know how you pronounce it out there. I don't know who you're talking about. I was thinking of Chandelure for a second. I was excited. Right, right, right. Lantern's yeah. cool. And it's really, <laughs> apparently, like, really hard to get. If, if you don't know where a Pokemon mm, spawns, there's, like, QR codes that you can scan. And you can get QR codes in the internet. Yeah, oh, so, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I got the, the QR code for uh, for Chinchu. And then the game t- tells you exactly, yeah, it's here and here. Still, like, knowing where it is doesn't guarantee that you're going to get it. But right. at the very least, you know where to fish or whatever. So I was fishing there. I got, like, 100 Magikarps. <laughs> <laughs> I got a shiny Magikarp, by the way. That's really cool. I don't think I've ever encountered a wild shiny. I think Pretty I've gotten rare. a shiny through an egg, but not in the wild. So that's pretty cool. So you're yeah. going to get a red Gyarados now. All right. We should probably go to the topic, right? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Up next, VGA. comments so the first two categories are not that exciting to me it's best esports game and best esports team and best esports player so best player was some guy named cold zera uh great and best esports team was cloud nine i'm sure they they play things but the best esports game i am interested in so out of the five it was counter-strike global offensive i I get i didn't even know that was a game dota 2 
League of Legends, Overwatch, and Street Fighter Five. Yeah, Counter Strike has been huge for years. Man. Is that the old, the same? Oh, I thought there was a new game. This isn't the old Counter Strike. Uh, no, I think it's the it's a newer one, but okay. it's, it's, it's still on the same. Yeah, it's on the same. Like Apple, I know what like, Counter Strike is, but I don't know all the various subtitles of them. Yeah. So out of the out of the five of those, who did you think was going to win this? I thought it was going to uh, League of Legends was going to win because it's like or, or Dota too, like one of those mm. mobile games. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I I was surprised at Overwatch. Like, is there a huge like esports community around? I didn't. Overwatch? I don't know. I, I guess. I, I mean, I know it's a big multiplayer game and, and a lot of people play, so I, I'm not surprised. But I didn't. I don't know if there there must be teams and stuff because there is competitive mode. So I'm assuming that people and you can enter as groups. So people must have teams in that. I would I would assume. That was really surprising. Yeah. I would rather watch that than than uh, mobile. I think just because it's more action paced and and it's more, it'd be more visually appealing. And also the the game looks amazing in terms of art style and and graphics. So I think I would enjoy watching an Overwatch match or a Street Fighter Five match than the other three personally. But yeah, people Overwatch did good there. Next we have best fan creation. I actually missed this one, and it doesn't show me an, an a winner. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at the GameSpot page for this. I don't know who the winner of, but with Project A2MR, Pokemon Uranium, Brutal Doom 64, and Enderal, the Shards of Order. Uh, I think this I, was, it was Enderal. And Trending Gamer, presented by Intel. These are not in order because I, was, I, I uh, watched the show. Do you but, have yours in order? But I did watch this, this one. Did you watch when they gave this award? The Trending Gamer? Yeah. No, so, big so disclaimer, uh, my, I was playing. I was playing a bit of Rust while it was on, but that's not the problem. Problem is my internet connection went out for like half an hour or so of it, so I missed a big chunk of it. And I caught the winners and stuff, but I missed the videos. I did not see them present this though. Well, it was Boogie two nine eight eight that won this. What what happened that was that was significant? Yeah, for for the people out there that don't know who who he is, he's he's a big guy, right? Yes. So he's he's very he's very large, mm -hmm. very large man. So Peter Moore g gave this award. He actually went down to to where he was. Peter Moore was saying that they went uh, way back. So he gave mm -hmm. the award to Boogie, and Boogie was like very, very moved by it. He was very sentimental, very emotional. What was notable to me is that the first thing that he he said, I mean, he was really happy. But imagine a guy that he is on the fringe of of tears, right? Right. So he said something about, "You have to look at me." There's not a lot of other things that a man like me could do. And that just got me, man. It was That's like, sad. oh, man, because he's really aware of, of that. Right. And, and he oh, makes yeah. uh, a lot of references of, of that in, in his show. But he went on saying that uh, he was very thankful for, really, for video games and, and for video game makers that they allowed him to explore games and be a hero and all those kinds of things. So I don't know. It was... It, I like this award. I, I yeah, like this award cool. because uh, the, the, the Game Awards were, were really uh, not really good before, like, two years ago. Well, like, basically, the, while Spike TV had it, it was not good. Yeah, and the last three ones, including this one, um, have been really, really legit, like, really reflective of the gaming culture, I think. Jeff so, Keighley loves the shit out of Hideo Kojima. That's oh. one thing that I've learned. <laughs> Did you watch the, the start of the show? I saw that, yeah. Okay, yeah, man, that was <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> he really, really loves Hideo Kojima, which wow. is fine. He seems like a cool, you know, Metal Gear's cool series. I just, it was great. Like he, I, I just feel like, like to them, it's like a win because you know the guy got shafted and the fans love him, and then they get him on stage and stuff. It's pretty cool. 
I hope that because Kojima is an interesting guy. Like, I'm not a massive Metal Gear fan, so I haven't followed him extensively. But from from just little stories and stuff I've read here here and there, like like once he saw he was working on Metal Gear Five and he saw uh, I can't remember what game it was. I think it was GTA Five or something like that. One of those Western developed games that are open world. And he was I remember him like talking about it, tweeting or something. He says depressed that he'll never make a game as good as that, and that Metal Gear Five isn't gonna isn't gonna hold up or something like that. And like he took it, took it really personally. And I don't know, I like stuff that humanizes people. Yeah, I respect him, and the new game looks interesting. Uh, so what do you think the about the, the, the new trailer? It's a trailer. Uh, I'm always weirded out when I see actors in games, like, blatantly modeled after the actress. And so, I don't know, the Hannibal guy, he was the villain, apparently, in Doctor Strange, which I did like. Matt uh, Mickelson. Did, didn't like him as a villain, though. But, uh, yeah, it's... um. Good actor, yeah. man. It's a good actor. That's, that's good, and that, that's great, and I have nothing against him or anything like that. I haven't seen enough stuff with him. But uh, it was weird babies in, in jars and, and undead people attached to, to tentacles. It's pretty weird. I guess I'm inter- it looks different than most stuff I've seen, actually. So from a, uh, a perspective of story, I think it could be pretty cool. It certainly looks creepy, which I, I, I do like horror games. So I don't know what to make of this, man. It looks like Geiger went... Like got high and started making a game because I don't know what what's going on with a lot of this stuff. But yeah, so this guy is really interested in film, right? He's, he's very yeah. interested in visuals, and he'll probably make a movie soon. But anyway, I was watching this because I I, I, I probably don't agree with a lot of the philosophies of of Kojima game making, but he does do interesting looking stuff. So when I was looking at the trailer, and you know how this the camera is in the back of this guy, right? And then when they revealed the face of it, it's Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> that was so funny, man. That was just so funny. Megan uh, was like, what is, I don't, is that who I think it is? Is that, is that? And then she started IMDBing it to make sure. But yeah, she was, I, I was like, oh, it's a guy. I didn't know any significance to him, but it was funny. First of all, I was surprised about del Toro. And then it, it's interesting. It's just some interesting visuals. I like this one better than, than the one they showed at E3. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A little more interesting um, to watch. Yeah, it is kind of weird that they're recruiting like actual actors and modeling them. But I was thinking maybe if they're going to go for the super realistic uh, art style. Yeah. If they use an actor to to act and, and you get the emotions directly from an actor. And, you mm-hmm. know, each actor has, has their own like quirks and in ways of, uh, of expressing certain emotions and stuff, maybe it's good because it you get work. an actual actor doing them, right? I mean, uh, the um, Uncharted 4, that was one of the coolest things about that game that Megan and I noticed and other people have noticed is just that the expressions were so good. I don't know if they mo-capped them. I think they did. And if they do the same thing with this this, this movie of these actors, I'm sure it's going to look... Not movie, this game. Although maybe not too far from movie. Uh, I'm sure it's going to look look really good and like you said he's obsessed he is obsessed with film and you and i don't play a lot of metal gears but i've heard that those cutscenes go on for like i i don't know if i'm wrong but i think someone told me like in half an hour to an hour for one cutscene that's too long of a cutscene even for me but uh if he you know he's he like you said he's really into film and stuff so i i suspect this new game will have a lot of cinematic scenes in it yeah because now he's like he went rogue right yeah yeah now he's been unleashed <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to the next one uh let's we'll go by the list i have most anticipated game this must feel good for you because it's the only one nintendo won aside from one other another topic but uh the, the nominees is god of war horizon zero dawn mass effect andromeda red dead redemption 2 and legend of zelda breath of the wild which yeah. was the winner they revealed a new trailer 
Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I saw pieces of it. That's when my internet started going. Oh man, crazy. I don't want to. I kind of. I kind of want to avoid spoilers. So I've been kind of like not. I. I was thinking about watching it today. I was like, I. I don't know if I want to because I. I missed them and. Now do I just want to wait until I get the game? I don't know. Well, what did they showcase in the new trailer? Man, I'm gonna send you a link. You're gonna go watch it, and then then you'll react to it. I'm gonna watch it right now. Yeah, it's one minute, so whatever. All right, here we go. There we go. I'm listening to it. All right. Teardrop. That Wii U hardware. It looks nice. Look at that, man. The colors are beautiful. It's nice seeing people, so that was uh, that was the thing they mentioned too, right? They wanted to show the world wasn't empty. Yeah, so that's of, good. <laughs> people, dogs, villages, doggies. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy to see the dog. Good look at the okay. village. That's a cool looking village. It has a Viking kind of style to it. And a waterfall. Yeah, beautiful. You're gonna love this. this. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Airships are cool. No. Who's that person flying? I like lasers. Yeah. Those are cooler. So this that's Zelda, right? In the same clothing as he's wearing. I mean, we assume it's Zelda. Post-apocalyptic world is kind of scary. That oh man, this is weird. Uh, it looks cool though. But who is this this grill? I wonder if Zelda be playable in this. That would be really cool. That'll be really cool. But okay, so what I like about this trailer. Yep. is that in the in all the previous things that they've shown about Breath of the Wild and, and everything that they, they've tried to sell us about Breath of the Wild is that open world, you do whatever yeah. you want, and I don't care about that. That's that's okay. If it's if it's in the game, it's fine. It's gonna look it's gonna make for a lot of interesting things. Right. That's fine. But a Zelda game is about uh the world, the story, what's going on, how you get to interact with that world and, mm-hmm. and, and in a meaningful way, right? So so the hero aspect of it and, and right. I want to see villages and I want to see temples and all, all that yeah absolutely. And, and they actually show part of it right part of the of the narrative that is going to happen in this world apart from all the other stuff that is going to happen to 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 the player um which we know you know open world there's the, that mountain in the background you can go there like how many times can you say that you you say that once and fine you make your point but <laughs> what, what is in the mountain you know is there their village, their temples. Their... That's that's a really good point. The games like this that are huge intimidate me and also depress me. If I don't, I need to find things. If you're going to make it so I can go to this mountain far in a distance, that's fucking awesome. But please make it worth my while to go there, even if it's like a, a vanity item or or something. I just don't like when games are keep when it feels empty, when it feels like I'm not rewarded for exploration. That that's that always bums me out in games that are just gigantic or even small games that have. Like a, a, good, a really good example is uh, the order. Like there's a lot of areas you could kind of branch off and look at, but there's nothing there. There was no point to to exploring because you weren't rewarded for anything. And I don't care if it's lore or if or if it's just a weird little Easter egg. Just you got to have something other than just more pre- procedural shit that gets popped up. And I realize that Zelda is not procedural. I don't think it is. But that's my that's my complaint and slash rant about that kind of stuff. Yeah, you see, if it's Minecraft, yes. I want it to be empty. I want to find some interesting stuff here and there. But I, I know that it's empty, you know? Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to find a village. I'm going to find a stronghold, a monument, whatever. But it's empty. You know, there's no 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 scripted event that is going to happen or anything Quite like that. depresses me. But your expectation is managed, you know? Mm. It's there. That, that's, that's what it is. But if you... Or if I'm going to play a Zelda, I'm not going to play a Zelda for the open world. 
You no, know, I'm gonna play Zelda because I want interesting dungeons and and, Bosses and puzzles stuff, yeah. and getting cool stuff and I mean cool items and weapons and the progression yeah. that comes with with a Zelda game. That is the aesthetic of a Zelda game. So if if you put that aesthetic in an open world, I'm fine. But if it's just an open world, which was my complaint or my, my worry with with Breath of the Wild, not really a worry. It's just that it's really late in the game. And they haven't we have shown. I still don't know much about the game, and it's been announced for like two or three years now. We so still when don't... I, so when I saw this this trailer, I was super excited. And then after nice. um, uh, Reggie came and said some some, some stuff, Bill Trinan and some other guy were were actually you know playing the game, and that wasn't so good. It was more like what the E3 was, but yeah, Zelda. I I'm officially on the hype train. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of good games in that, that column, you know, God of, for me, God of War, um, Horizon, and Mass Effect are three other games I'm anticipating, in, in addition to Zelda. I'm not a big Western guy, so Red Dead Redemption does nothing for me. Uh, best multiplayer, so we had Battlefield 1, Gears of War 4, Overcooked, Overwatch, Titanfall 2, and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege. Overwatch, once again, wins another award. <laughs> then we have best sports slash racing. Shelby's favorite topic. I wish she was here to talk about that. FIFA 17, Forza Horizon 3, MLB The Show, NBA 2K17, Pro Evolution Soccer 2017, Forza Horizon 3. Big deal. Best family game. Best game for family play, including Toys to Life, Rhythm, Music, Dance, and other genres. We had Dragon Quest Builders, Lego Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Pokemon Go, Ratchet and Clank, Skylanders, Imaginators. I have no fucking idea how, but Pokemon Go won that. Pokemon yeah, Go is the... not a fun game. It's it's after the hype and and I, I mean people at work are still playing it, and I'm like, Pokemon Sun and Moon are out. Why are you playing this this game? It's not even a game. It's not. I I don't like it. After I got over the initial, it's fun to walk around and take a look, and everybody's doing it, so that's kind of cool. There's a community aspect to it. Once that died off, which it did pretty quickly, you realize that catching Pidgeys and, and Weedles for the fucking 800th time is a little boring. Pokemon Go is boring. It, it is super boring. So boring. Yeah, exactly what you said. If, you it, if it wasn't over, Pokemon, no one would have cared. Once you get over the novelty, yeah, there's nothing. It's super it's shallow. Empty. It, and so, it makes me sad. Like I have not played uh, any of these games except Ratchet and Clank, and I can say with certainty that Ratchet and Clank is a much more fun, a better game. It's a better game. It's an actual game. It's fun to play. It's beautiful. Why the hell did Pokemon Go beat that let alone i've heard great things about dragon quest builders as well actually and the lego star wars games are always at least solid games they're games and uh yeah pokemon go actually kind of annoyed me that it won because i get that it had cultural impact yeah that was cool for a month everybody was was quote-unquote playing it i get that that's awesome it had pokemon branding that's great but when you strip that away when you're when you take that not the novelty like you said away you're left with not a great game it's not a fun game I don't even know why people are still people are still playing it. So I guess I'm I'm the crazy one. Woo! But uh, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I like real games. I don't understand. Rant. Best strategy game: uh, Civ Six, Fire Emblem's Fates, The Banner Saga Two, Total War, Warhammer, XCOM Two, Civ Six One. That Megan plays a shit of that, so I assume it's pretty fun. Fire Emblem Fates is a disappointment when you compare it to Awakening. Best fighting game: Killer Instinct Season Three, King of Fighters Fifteen, Fourteen. Pretty cool. Pokken Tournament and Street Fighter V. Street Fighter Reasonable. V took that home. Yeah, Pokken was kind of fun, but nothing, I don't know. It didn't seem amazing. Best RPG, this disappoints me. Dark Souls 3, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, World of Warcraft Legion, and Xenoblade Chronicles X. 
definitely not surprised that Witcher 3 won. Everybody loves it. I have not played it, so I can't comment. I'm kind of surprised the Steam Dark Souls 3 didn't take it. Best action adventure game, we had Dishonored 2, Hitman, Hyper Light Drifter, Ratchet and Clank. Oh, just nice it was in, that was in two of those categories. Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, also an awesome game. Dishonored 2 won it. Uh, I have the box with the game sitting beside me. I'd, I'd like to play it someday, and then I will be able to play it. But I, I want so to. You can and tell I, us about I, it. I like the first one, but I'm disappointed Uncharted 4 didn't win. But at least that it gets its, it gets to come back with that. Best action game, uh, which I'm sure you're happy about: Battlefield 1, Doom, Gears of War, Gears of War 4, Overwatch, Titanfall 2. Surprisingly, Overwatch didn't win yet another thing, but Doom did, which is pretty cool. Have you played the new Doom yet? Nope. I think I'm gonna get. It. I don't have the computer to play it. Oh uh, yeah, you know a, a, a new console. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's great. I heard it's so good. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I. So that's pretty cool. If I ever, if it's ever in the house, I might give it a try, and I'll let you know. Best VR game. So I don't give a shit about this, but you had Batman Arkham VR, Eve Valkyrie, Job Simulator, Res Infinite, and Thumper. And uh, Res Infinite one. So I don't play VR, so that, that sounds cool. And now here's the one you you were waiting for. Best mobile and handheld games. I was curious because I had missed a lot of this. I didn't. I only know who won. So I was interested to see the categories. Now, um, I, I was angry when I heard it, but I didn't know what was being compared to. So we had Clash Royale, Fire Emblem Fate, Monster Hunter Generations, Pokemon Go, and a game called Severed, which I'm not familiar with. I apologize. Uh, and Pokemon they, Go won. What the hell? Uh, it's, Severed is, is from the same guys who made Wacomili. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. That's a really, really. So first of all, the category, mobile handheld. I mean, those things don't don't have any business together. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So you cannot put Clash Royale in the same category as as Fire Emblem because they're not the same. No. Yes. No. I know. I'm with you. Hundred percent. As a mobile game, Clash Royale should have taken this one. I agree. Definitely. Clash Royale is is probably the best mobile game ever, and. And Pokemon Go is it's it's not. I don't know, man. It's it's it was more of a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it's cool than... pop culture thing. That's I like that part about it. And I played it. Don't get me wrong. I played it. I even gave him a little bit of money. But it's not. It's just not. Once you strip that away and you strip the hype, it's not a good game. It doesn't deserve to beat. I haven't played Sever, but it doesn't deserve to be any of the rest in this list. Fire Emblem Fates is still a really good Fire Emblem game. Whether you, I mean, I would think Awakening is a hundred times better, but it's still a good, solid game. And Pokemon Go beats that. The, the only reason Pokemon Go won these two categories is because of how popular it was for those months. That's the only. It didn't win based on merit. It didn't waste on. Didn't win because it should be, have won because it's technically a good game. It won because it's just super popular, and that's the only reason it won. And that's very disappointing. Or no. or it won because it's Pokemon. Either way, I'm not happy about it because I love Pokemon, but that does not mean it's a good game. Nope. If you would put Pokemon Go is like a kind of a skin of Niantic's other game, right? The uh, what was it called? I don't remember the name of it. They Ingress. Had that, yes. And Ingress isn't winning any best handheld game awards. It's just because Pokemon's on there and because people like it. And again, I'm not trying necessarily to shit on Pokemon Go because I, I think for what it is, it's pretty cool. I think the hype was pretty great about it. Like I do think the community part was really fun. I like that people enjoy it, but when you're comparing it to games with actual gameplay and, and all the stuff that makes games great, when you're comparing a game where you're just kind of... And I like that it gets you out walking and stuff, so so please don't take all my ranting about Pokemon Go as me saying I hate it or that it's not good at what it does, but when you're when you're talking about game categories and, and, a, and a sort of award system, it in the categories that it's in, if it was most influential game or most popular game 
if that was the category, then yeah, put Pokemon Go in there. It deserves to be in there. Even if it was like a cultural impact category, throw it in. No problem with you there. But when you're talking about just best mobile handheld, which shouldn't be a category, should be two different ones, like you said, that's stupid. It doesn't deserve the win. What is it winning a? What? Why? What? What is it? What does this game do that that deserves to to be best game of that category? Ah! <laughs> I don't know, man. It just it annoys me. I because I, to me this feels empty. This feels feels like a a a just let's just give it to them because everybody likes it i don't know i don't know it just it doesn't sit well with me (sighs) all right best independent game (laughs) firewatch hyperlight drifter inside started to value the witness uh inside one i i had a friend who played it said it was amazing yeah now this is a category that i i like yeah a lot this is this is something that that needs to to be highlighted this and the next one actually that needs needs to be highlighted. Oh right, because, the next one, yeah. because the industry as a whole, you know, AAA games are going to go in a in a direction, right? Yeah, yeah. C- cinematic, uh, graphics, you know, you know, a lot the of di- money, direction lot, that makes money, basically. And yeah. there, there's very little leeway to do something new because there's a lot of risk, and and these are corporations making making this game. So, like that, that's why I'm really happy about uh, the Last Guardian being released because I know that that's going to be a, a AAA game that is actually something new. God, I can't wait to play. It. But those are exceptions, right? Yeah. The indie games. This is where where it's at. You want to play something new, something that is more artistic, something that is more ambitious. Yeah. Uh, and also really personal because a, a lot of these games are made by, by a lot of very small teams. So I wasn't really sold on the idea of, of Inside because I didn't really hear a lot about it. But I love Limbo. Yeah. So the fact that uh, Inside One definitely gonna play it now. I I want to play all of those games like Stardew Valley. I want to play The Witness. I'm gonna play. I'm I, surprised. Hi- Hyper Light Drifter is is a game that I've played like four or five hours and yeah, uh, I, I like it a lot. Mm, so I don't know about Firewatch, but that's the game where I want to play Firewatch. That's okay. A PS4 yeah, I know game, what, yeah. which one this is. Uh, inside, I want to play inside as well. I, I'm surprised Stardew Valley didn't win. It's pretty. It's pretty. Seems pretty popular, and, and they're updating a lot, and it looks really cool. But yeah. I don't know. I, I'm cool with with that one winning. And the next category, which is very similar, is games for impact. So we had 1979 Revolution. Uh, and just as a, a disclaimer, this is honoring exemplary games that take on real world issues and advocate for social change. Yeah. So 1979 Revolution, Block Hood, Orwell. Sea Hero Quest, and That Dragon Cancer. I've not played any of these, and I haven't heard of any of these. Until this episode, but I will say that I was moved at the the winner, which was that Dragon Cancer, and hearing the guy tell a story, and um, I'm glad that that won because it, it it was really touching and sad, obviously, but yeah, it, it's no. I want to say something about about this category and and specifically the game that won, okay. because video games is just another medium, right? It's just yeah. another medium to to tell the human experience. Right. And games are very much still it has a very narrow aesthetic. It's about, you know, awesomeness. It's about action. It's about being a hero. It's about if you if you compare it to film, it's as if all or most films were like action flicks. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. It, very, very narrow. But there's this whole other this whole spectrum of emotions and, and experiences that 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 you can explore in video games. But because video games is Mm, it's younger as a medium and also because there's not a lot of um, motivation to do things outside of that aesthetic. You don't get to see a lot of games in the mainstream 
that's why you need this kind of category. That's why you need these kinds of, of, of awards. Because in film, uh, they have also awards. They have uh, film festivals. And in most of those, in those places, you get to see other types of films, films that, that treat different topics. And I am absolutely not saying that the mainstream should be about this. I'm saying that there should be a space to explore all these kinds of things. And the fact that, that in the same show, they have like Doom and Overwatch and Uncharted and all those all those really popular games and there's a space for giving a prize to inside to giving a prize to that dragon cancer yeah. and hearing these kinds of, of of stories this is beautiful this is what we need as a medium because video games need to 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 expand uh what what they are about and i'm pretty sure that that dragon cancer is not the type of game that mechanically i will enjoy but is the type of thing that i want to see explored in video games apart from all the other awesome stuff that that we already have Right. But, you know, um, pain and suffering and, and you know, and things that are not really pleasant, but that, that are definitely part of the human experience. They also need to be part of, of video games and film and books and as any other medium, you know. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100%. Uh, there's a game a few years ago. You just remind me of a game a few years back that uh, I don't know if this category existed then, but it was called, I think it's called To the Moon. Have you ever heard of that? Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, I played a little bit of it, and it was, I just, I didn't get too far into it, but that was a game where you, you were about dealing with death and growing old and stuff, and, and uh, there's room there's room for those games, and it, it is great that they exist, they they really bum me out, but I think that's the point of those games, and um, yeah, it, it's good, like you said, there's room for this stuff, and they they have their place, and I don't think anybody was complaining that, that these games existed or, or won or anything, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I've played games like this that are games that are kind of sad about war and things like that, and yeah. they they tend to be bad, but that's only because there's not a lot of history in them. There's uh, the the exploration that has been done there, it has been kind of shallow. So they tend to to be really, how um, to say, too obvious about what right. they're trying to express. So as we keep exploring how to tell these kinds of things, how to let players experience mechanics as 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 narrative instead of, of using like film techniques in, in games, but more like game techniques in order to express narrative in yeah. better ways. As they keep doing that, it's going to get better and maybe we'll get a game that is actually like really good mechanically right. and also in its themes. But we just need to, you know, to, to have a, a at the very least a little spotlight on, on these kinds of things. So yeah, Absolutely. so thumbs up for Games for Impact in indie games. Yeah. Thumbs up, yeah. Back to some of the regular uh, yep. categories, uh, just to wrap things up, but we'll go through the rest of them. So, best performance uh, for voice acting, motion, and our performance capture, we had Alex Hernandez as Lincoln Clay, Mafia 3, Sissy Jones as Delilah, Firewatch, Emily Rose as El- uh, Lena, Uncharted 4, Thieves End, Nolan North as, Dra- as Nathan Drake, Uncharted 4, uh, Rich Summers as Henry, Firewatch, Troy Baker as Sam Drake, Uncharted 4. Uh, it's interesting that two of these games had five of the slots of the six. Yeah, uh, I haven't played Firewatch, but I, I do know that the acting and stuff in, in Uncharted is is amazing. And Nolan North winning as Nathan Drake is not only it's not a surprise, and I'm I'm happy to see that. And I I thought per, the Emily Rose did great as Elena, and Troy Baker always does a good job. So so not a surprising category. I'm only surprised that they had so many of of one game in there. But you know, good job to Nolan North, and that's great. Best music and sound design: Battlefield One, Doom. Inside, Res Infinite, and Thumper. It's kind of cool seeing these these somewhat smaller games. Like uh, I don't know, I don't know how big Res Infinite is, but Inside is clearly an indie game. Uh, and seeing that these these make 
in the same category as Battlefield 1 and Doom is pretty cool. Doom did win, though, so that's another point for Doom, I guess. Yep. Next up, best art direction. Uh, Abzu, Firewatch, Inside, Overwatch, and Uncharted 4. Uh, they're all... I don't know what Abzu looks like, but the other four all do look very distinct, so they got a nice range of of games for this, which is pretty cool. I love the, the look of Uncharted 4. It's, it's going for the ultra-realistic action movie style. It nails it. Um, but for me, I would have picked Overwatch just because I like that whole Disney animated look quite a bit, and I think Overwatch is a beautiful-looking game. But uh, the other two, are Inside, I mean, is also really cool, very artistic and creative. So, like, Overwatch and Uncharted 4, I don't think are necessarily super creative. They just push the, those two types of style really far in a great direction and artistically are really good. But I wouldn't say they're overtly creative because those are, those are two styles that have been around for ages. They just kind of mastered it further. Inside and Firewatch are more different and risky, so I I could see why they would. Win. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm glad that that Inside won because they they they're being more artistic about it. Yeah. And uh, Firewatch also I've seen very little, but it looks more like a modern take, a modern interpretation of what you can do with computer graphics. Yeah. Um, and Abzu looks amazing. Just take a look at the. I'll take at a look the, at that later. At a screenshot. I've, I've probably okay. seen it, but I just can't picture it in my head. It's very pretty. Perfect. So next up, best narrative. So it's for storytelling and narrative in games. Firewatch, Inside, Mafia 3, Oxenfree, and Uncharted 4. Uncharted 4 took it, not surprised. The, I, I think I spoke about how much I liked the story when I was playing the game. Uh, haven't played the other ones, though, so it, I, I can't compare them. And it wouldn't be fair for me to try, but I will say that Uncharted 4 is an awesome, awesome game. Next up, two left. Best Game Direction. This is uh, recognizing a game studio for outstanding creative vision, game direction, and art design. We had Blizzard, Dice. ID Software or is that id Software? I think it's id. Yeah. Okay, id Software, Naughty Dog, Respawn. So those are all big studios. And that's fine. Blizzard one, kind of not surprised because Blizzard is in a really, really good game developing. Studio. Deserved, man. Well deserved. Yeah. So good job for Blizzard. And lastly, Game of the Year. This is a game that delivers an absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Kind of an impossible. Really, it's just. The, the, everybody's favorite game it's like you can't one game can't do everything perfectly and none, none of these games do that but it's kind of cool to see the range of games we have doom inside that's nice seeing indie game up there overwatch titanfall 2 and uncharted 4 and overwatch took it blizzard just wrecked the, the categories this year they got a lot of games a lot of a lot of win a lot of uh, awards this year which yeah not surprised played overwatch but I'm pretty sure it's great. So it is good. I have no complaints about this. Yeah. yeah, I played Overwatch way longer than I thought I would, and uh, and I'll go back to it after. I mean, I played for. Let's see, it came out in what June or is it May? Uh, May, May or June? There, yeah. yeah, I played that right up until two weeks ago when I started playing Rust because I was just kind of burning out. I, I almost always burn out on multiplayer games way faster than that. So the fact mm-hmm. that it lasted like six seven months is pretty good for me and. I played it the other night for a couple games. It's still very fun, and I can't wait to go back after like another month or two when they've added more maps and characters. So, yeah, man, it's a really fun game. If you don't like, like, Left doesn't like it, but he doesn't like those types of games, so boo to him. But, uh, yeah, Overwatch won, won it. Blizzard did really well. But there's a lot of cool games in this, on this, you know, this, this year. And like you were saying earlier, like, I started watching the Game Awards, <laughs> like, about four or five years ago when it was called the VGX. I watched that Trainwreck episode with... Uh, uh, an actor I do like. It was uh, what the hell is his name? I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. He's from Community, J- Joel McHale. Uh, he's a hilarious guy. But that was that fucking that that show was not good. 
I mean, it was good from a, like, I want to watch this because it was, it was incredible uh, in terms of how bad it was, but, but they've really done a lot to make each year better and better. And uh, the VGA Awards felt like an actual award show this time, you know, with a huge audience and, and proper presentations and a cool, um, a cool surprise. Like the, the Game Awards statue is pretty cool looking. Yeah, so. I think the Game Awards are legit. Yeah, they feel and, it, right? And this is something that I'm going to look forward every year. Yeah. Um, E3 Game Awards. Excellent. Oh, the, there's, yeah. there's something called the PlayStation Experience. I know. It's, it's like next this week, weekend, right? right? Yeah. I, get, I mean, I want to make sure I watch that, too. It's like they're going to announce some more Sony stuff, which is pretty great. Uh, I'll have to make sure I, I, I look for that because I, I want to watch it's, that, too. It's uh, today and tomorrow. So oh, shit. I'm looking forward for your comments next week. Yeah, man. You know, and someday, Seiji, I'm looking forward to your comments when you own a PlayStation 4 and, you, and you're suddenly wanting to watch these two. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my dream. Well, let's wrap it up. We went, Okay. I don't know how you and I do this, but every time it's just you and I, we manage to go way past what we plan to do. Yeah, it's that always, happens. We need left to keep us in line because it, because it, it, never, it never does with us. But, yeah, uh, he's a mediator. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, thank you for listening up there. Um, uh, cartridgeclub.org, bonusrail.com, Twitter. If you have any comments or complaints or praise, you know, leave a leave a tweet at uh, CGAC. All right, well, thank you all for listening. And this is Rob and Seiji. See ya.